Hello, everyone. Welcome to All Things Pilates. I'm Darian Gold. And grab the front of the chair right into your tendon stretch. Yes, come on, even if you don't go high. That's it. That's it. Nice long legs. Take those ribs up. The lower ribs have to lift, not the hips. And open the chest and lift your spine. Good. Press your head into your hands. Ooh, Sally. What Olympic sport asks of its athlete to have three distinct qualities? The carriage of royalty, the freedom of a lap dancer, and the delicate hands of a lady or gentleman. If you guessed dressage horseback riding, you are absolutely right. Our guest today is Allison Mathie, a dressage horse rider and trainer in Sonoma County. Allison earned her USDF gold medal in 2008 and continues her high-caliber training at Lyric Dressage, her facility located in Petaluma, California. For the last 20 years, horse riders have enrolled in Allison's training program to improve their riding skills, prepare for competition, and become a better overall rider. The International Dressage Federation defines dressage riding as the highest expression of horse training, where horse and rider are expected to perform from memory a series of predetermined movements. And so, the dressage trainer works to create a horse with a strong core, powerful back, and elasticity and ease in all required movements. But this also applies to the rider's level of conditioning. In 2015, Allison learned about the Pilates method and joined her first mat class and couldn't believe how the mat exercises made her feel. She instinctively knew by adding Pilates to her training schedule, her own riding skills would be enhanced. Allison was delighted to find a training system for herself that complemented the dressage training she did with her horses. She not only continues to practice Pilates, both group classes and private lessons, but encourages all of her students to practice the Pilates method as well. Zooming in from Sonoma, California, is Allison Mathy. Hello, Allison. Hi, Darian. Thank you for joining us today on All Things Pilates. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And you are going to share your love and knowledge. You have so much knowledge of dressage training. And the first question I'd love to ask you is, where does the word dressage come from? Dressage is a French term. It's a French word that means training. So really, in essence, dressage is the training of an equine athlete, and the training is to develop an optimal equine athlete. It stems from back in the day when horses were used in cavalry, and they needed a horse that would last for a long time, be strong, brave, able to go over rugged terrain, carry the rider safely, And in order to do that, the horses had to be schooled and trained in a way that they would take care of their lower limbs, be uh, sound with their body, 
which required them to have strong backs, strong cores, carry themselves over what we call the top line, and carry their, their riders effortlessly. The top line, what does that mean exactly? The top line is a, the muscles from the top of the horse's pole towards the back, towards the croup. So that um, engagement, which requires the back to be lifted, the neck to be released, is, comes from the, the core being strong. But when we look at a well-muscled horse or a properly developed horse, we'll see that the top line is strong. Dressage, in essence, means training. Mm-hmm. But what does that mean for other horseback riding techniques? Well, what we say is that all horses, whether it's English, Western, jumping, that every horse can benefit from dressage. Not all equine athletes are going to be the top, top dressage horse, but the basic principles of dressage apply universally. They apply to all disciplines of riding and to all breeds and types of horses. Does everybody agree with that? Yes. Not everyone enjoys practicing it, but everyone agrees with it. Are horses specifically bred for dressage? They are. We have, over the years, we've had different trends in the breeding and there are certain styles and types. And, and it, it's, to be fair, dressage is also an art form. So there is an aesthetic aspect to it as well. So over the years, we've had different trends in the styles of horses that are competitive in dressage. So we, we have warm bloods. We have horses from Northern Europe, Western Europe. Personally, I'm a fan of the Lusitanos from Portugal and Brazil, more Baroque breeds. Um, and these horses all have a natural pro- proclivity towards dressage. That means they have specific traits that a trainer would look for. Exactly. And one of those is a strong back and elasticity of the movements. Do men and women train differently? That's a good question. I would say that the principles are the same. I think men have a natural advantage in the sense that they are just naturally stronger and they have uh, more length in their limbs and, and their pelvises are shaped slightly differently. So, you know, dressage is one of the few sports, or maybe it's one of the only sports where men and women compete equally and there's no age limit or um, cap on that. I would say a lot of the difference could be though in the style of training. So if someone trains in a lighter, more finesse style, whether it's a man or woman, that's going to affect the athlete and the ride uh, differently than whether a man or woman trained with a slightly stronger style. But are they judged differently? The styles, will the... The result of the styles could be judged positively or negatively depending on how relaxed and confident the equine athlete is presented. So if the horse is presented very confidently, elastic, ease of the movements, rideability, manageability, then the style obviously worked well for that horse and for that rider, and so they will be judged positively. But if there's negative tension, force, unhappiness, spookiness in the horse from lack of confidence, that will definitely get judged negatively. And that just shows up right away. It's like watching somebody walk into a room, whether they have a carriage that is confident Mm -hmm. 
you'll see that you'll, you can see the negativity and tension in the horse through their back, through a swishing tail, unhappy connection in the bridle, grinding of the teeth, overall unpleasant look on the horse's face. It's, it's pretty evident. And you've judged, correct? No, I have not. I'm not a judge. I've, I have to have. Not yet. Yes. I, it's, a, it's a very involved training program that I just haven't had the time to do. As a trainer and a competitor, I have to have a little bit of a judge's eye to help my students, but I'm not a, a certified judge. How long have you been riding? I've been riding since before I was born. My mom rode up until a few <laughs> days before I, she gave birth. And shortly thereafter, I was on my first horse and I was given my first pony when I was three years old and I've been riding ever since. And it was completely natural at three years old? It was. I was born really knock-kneed. And so when I started to ride the ponies, it helped my legs out. And I really loved horses and I loved being around the barn. My mom's a dressage trainer, so she would have me on the ponies while she was doing her own work at the barn. And it, it just always was second nature and, and just something we always did. How did you go from ponies to dressage? Well, as a child, I was much more fond of jumping and much more fond of speed, fox hunting, uh, mock fox hunting. We didn't, we didn't um, actually have a blood sport. And as a kid, that was much more appealing. It was fast. It was fun. It was exhilarating. I had very brave horses. And when I started to grow, I outgrew my ponies. And so I transitioned to thoroughbreds and some thoroughbred warm blood crosses that had an aptitude for jumping. However, knowing that the horses need to be cross-trained and knowing that to be successful as jumping, they needed to have dressage training. I always did flat work. And my mom- What does that mean? My mom's a dressage trainer and she insisted upon it. And flat work is, is like mat class. You have to work on the core, work on the flexibility, work on the manageability. So we wouldn't be out jumping every day. We maybe jumped a couple times a month. And the rest of the time we were doing our mat class slash flat work to maintain the equine athlete. At one point in your young life, you must have thought that, oh, I love this so much. I want to teach others. Well, as a, as a pony clubber, which I was very active in growing up, part of our training was to be a teacher. So we had what was called like the big sister, big brother program, and they would pair up the older kids with the younger kids to help them uh, learn from the more experienced people in the club. So from starting about 13 years old, I was helping the younger people in our club with basic horsemanship, basic riding lessons. And so it was, it was rather natural for me to be helping people with that. And you've been teaching ever since. Correct. That's a long time, yes. but you're still, you're still young. Yes. <laughs> still a very young woman. Yes. Have you ever had an injured horse come to you or while you were working with the horse and rider? I have. Part of being an athlete and having horses who are athletes is you deal with injury. And one thing that's remarkable in the horse world is our sports medicine knowledge is about 15 to 20 years ahead of human knowledge. So what we've been doing for, and maybe knowledge isn't the right word for people, but what we are 
allowed to do and treat our horses with now, we will start seeing in the people medical field 15 years from now. So many, many years ago, we were using stem cell and PRP treatments, shockwave treatments, uh, ultrasound, therapeutic ultrasound treatments. So a lot of things that hadn't necessarily been able to be presented for people, we've been able to use on horses for quite a long time. Interarticular joint injections, Adequan Legend, all of these things that eventually I know they, they will be available for people. With successful results? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so as a trainer and a rider and someone who trains other people's horses, there's oftentimes I get horses brought to me that have had an injury. And the rehabilitation process is very important, very crucial, time-taking, time-painstakingly. Um, it takes a quite a bit of time and patience to, to get through the process successfully. And we have a great team of veterinarians with um, tried and true abilities to get the horses back on track. But one of the key components of this is making sure that the athlete is using himself correctly. If he is not using himself correctly, the injury will most likely happen again. And oftentimes in horses, we see there are always fluke, like freak accidents. You know, they could stick their leg through a fence. They might get cast in their stall. There things happen that we can't prevent. But an injury that happens while they're working, we should be able to prevent through proper care, proper footing, proper shoeing, and the horse using themselves correctly. The rider or the owner of the horse has to learn from you those protocols, correct? Correct. In terms of posture, because we talk a lot about posture in the Pilates method, what do you do if a rider comes to you and before you say, well, you have to go to Darien, what do you say to this person who has horrible posture? How do you teach them? to sit on the horse correctly? Well, the, one of the most difficult and challenging things to learn in riding is your seat. And we, talk, we work on our seat, which includes our posture, on a daily basis. Every ride, every horse, every day. It's an ongoing process. Just as a dancer would stand at the bar and look in the mirror and constantly check in, we do that while we're on the horses. It's also why we have the mirrors in the arena so that we can do a visual check-in. So when I get a rider that comes to me whose posture needs some work, we it's my job as their trainer and eyes on the ground to start helping them to become more aware. And one thing I've noticed is telling someone to relax or drop a shoulder or sit up straight doesn't always work because they end up creating more tension in their body. And the next thing you know, they're sitting even more crooked or even more tense. So I always have my students move slightly or adjust something slightly with movement so that they're able to release and let go. I studied Alexander Technique briefly when I was in college, and they talked about these very small movements that allowed the spine to then come into alignment. That if we try to force ourselves into alignment, then oftentimes we just end up getting tighter. And when we ride dressage, most of the time it's in a sitting position. So we need for our seats, our our lower half of our body to be very deep in the saddle, very balanced, but also flexible. Because if we are blocking anywhere, that's going to directly translate to the horse's back, which then will block them and then 
we start opening Pandora's box of everything that can go wrong. In 2014, I met a veterinarian named Dr. Philippe Benoit, who's a French man that has developed a rehabilitation program and training program that very much encourages the strength of a horse's back, the health of the spine, the strong core. And in his training, he has proven to prevent lower limb injuries in horses. In all disciplines, English, Western, lower limb injuries, and that means lower leg injuries. It can be soft tissue, tendon, ligament, mostly that, not so much bone, that his work and his training protocol prevents that. And then in rehabilitation, applying his work lessens the chances of re-injury, which is huge. And his program is very simple. He has the horse working without the weight of a rider on it in a very relaxed frame. He talks about how the pressure on the sternum, which sometimes comes from a girth or from a lunging surcingle, can prevent the horse from taking deep breaths, or it can prevent the horse from lifting his back and using himself correctly. So he advocates for a loose lunging surcingle while you're lunging the horse in a long and low stretching frame. And through his methods, the horses are able to come back stronger than they ever were before using their core, breathing deeper, being healthier. And when I met him, I was a bit of a skeptic because I didn't really quite understand how this very simple program was going to be so beneficial for the horses. But I, I watched him over the series of a few days teach this clinic to a group of veterinarians. And I was lucky enough to be a fly on the wall in the back. And I saw before and after cases. I saw horses who had been treated and horses, how they went before they were treated. And I said, okay, I'm going to commit to this and see how this helps my training and my horses. And I was blown away. Less and less injuries, uh, very few uh, or much less time in between having to do injections or treatments on the horses. The program worked to strengthen their back get the core stronger, the horses were moving with more relaxation. And of course, as a dressage rider and trainer, we always ride our horses over our back. And so I didn't know how this would benefit so much, but it really, really did. And so I've been a believer in his program. It's, it's a bit like the Joseph Pilates for horses. And having applied that to my classical dressage program has been just fantastic. Wow. The similarities continue. Yes. Yes. The horse and the rider have to be so tuned in. It's such a sensitive, close, intimate bond. Yes. Yes. And for dressage and for classical dressage, which is what I strive to do, we ride the horses with our seats. We ride them with our balance. We ride them with very subtle cues and aids. What happens if you get a horse that's, I don't want to say stupid, but they just don't, they're not that sensitive. Have you ever had a horse like that? Yes, it's always a challenge. And, you know, the thing is that some styles of horses suit some styles of riders where, you know, maybe a rider who doesn't have as refined an aid, that's that's a good fit for them. And, you know, the horses that I ride personally for myself and for competition, I wouldn't necessarily put every rider on because it's not going to be a safety or a safe 
fit for them. So safety is a concern for the partnership. In classical dressage, we train with very subtle aids and very subtle styles. And you'd be amazed that even when a horse is older, even if they've had a different style of training with patients, with if they're feeling comfortable in their bodies, if they're feeling confident in their minds, it's amazing just how much progress we can make. Speaking of bodies, enter our wonderful conditioning program that Joseph Pilates left us. It's a system of exercises that does help to correct imbalances in the body and in particular the spine. How did you hear about the Pilates method initially and what was your motivation from the beginning? Well, when I first, when I was doing my apprenticeship to, to begin training as a dressage rider when I was in my early 20s, several of the students at the barn I worked at went to Pilates and one of them was even an instructor. And they always talked about how fabulous it was and how they just felt so great. And at the time I was working so many hours a day, so many days a week that there was no time to even think about something else. But as I got older, I kept trying to find something that I could do, even if I was fatigued from work, or even if I didn't have a ton of time, things that I could do to cross-train for myself. And I tried yoga, I enjoyed it, but I never got the benefits that I really wanted. And I worked out, lifted weights, and you know, I always enjoyed getting fit and strong, but I never really felt that this was complementing my riding. And so when I finally did come to my first mat class and I left and my lower back felt so much better and I actually felt taller and actually I felt more flexible because in the movement of the work, I was able to release. Whereas in yoga, when we would have these sustained stretches, sometimes I just felt like I was never, was never going to release. And then in the Pilates, I actually did feel, oh, I am feeling the flexibility. So it definitely... It was intriguing. It was exciting. And uh, I was, you know, sold. sold. Did mm-hmm. it transfer to your writing immediately? Absolutely. And th- this is what it was so cool for me is that in the class, and as I started to learn more and more about the Pilates method, I realized how many parallels there were between dressage and Pilates. Things that I teach to my students and horses were things that you were teaching to us and principles that the Pilates method has of a strong core, healthy spine, working with fluidity and elasticity and using the correct muscles. It's everything we say in dressage and everything we apply to the horses. So that parallel was so cool for me and very, very exciting. And then to feel that difference for when I get in the saddle to train for myself and for my horses was fantastic because it all applied directly together. You felt less compressed. Less compressed, taller in my spine. My posture felt better. My hips felt better. The way we sit on a horse is not, it's, it can't be replicated in anything else we do in life. And the compression that we go through and the way we're getting tweaked and balanced in different ways, the Pilates is an outstanding way to counterbalance that. What's been the most helpful part of the Pilates method? 
Has it been on the mat? Has it been on the apparatus? Well, as much as I grumble about the mat, it is incredibly helpful. And even when we were doing the Zoom classes during the pandemic, it was, it was amazing how helpful the mat was. As far as what I enjoy the most, I love the Cadillac because I love the, the system to open up my shoulders, the way it's designed. I just really enjoy the exercises we do on the Cadillac. But I, I can't dismiss the mat. The mat's just really, really fantastic. And it's, it's great, too, because we can do it anywhere. Have you given any of those mat exercises to your students? I have. Actually, my favorite one that you showed me was with the roller. And we put the roller on the ground and I have them lay on it with their tailbone at one end and their head on the other. And just putting their hands up if they can, raising one knee, putting it down, raising the other knee. That's not exactly Pilates, but it, we use the same principles, right? Yes. And that's something I can have at the barn and have people do just to be aware how much they're shifting around on what seems like a very simple exercise. What about putting the roller horizontally and then maybe doing the series of five or at least single leg stretch and double leg stretch? My students would probably be a little miffed if I made them do that in their riding boots and breeches, but it's something that we've done when we've had the classes at the barn and it's been great. What about the reformer? Because we do spend a substantial amount of time trying to get your body to elongate. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the reformer has been helpful for your body? Yes. It's, it's very challenging for me to find the places in my body where I do need to release However, working on the reformer and working it in a way where it's not heavy, the lighter the springs has been very, very enlightening. And feeling the stretch in the open position has been very enlightening. The breathing, I'm still working on to get that timed with the exercises. And when I feel it working and the breath going more into my back, that's very cool as well. Hi, my name is Diane and I've been practicing Pilates for 10 months. Pretty soon into doing Pilates, I noticed that my windsurfing got a whole lot better without being on the board, and it was Pilates. I was just amazed to find that I was making my jibes much more often than I had before. What a pleasure. And now, back to all things Pilates with Darian Gold. You have a business partner. Can you tell us more about him and what he's brought to Lyric Dressage? Well, Andre is slightly older than me, and he is one of the most famous breeders of Lusitano horses in Sao Paulo, Brazil. So he breeds and trains all, well, he breeds and trains warm bloods as well, but both of us have a particular fondness for the Lusitanos. And we joined together, we started partnered together about eight years ago. And just recently, have we now started to be at the same facility training? at the same time. And he's a huge advocate of Pilates. He actually at the Ipica in Sao Paulo, they have a Pilates studio at the farm. So the ladies and gentlemen can go ride, have a fabulous lunch, do Pilates. It's, it's quite a, a lovely setup. Now, why hasn't he come to me then if he loves it? He, he will. He will. <laughs> I think he's a little afraid, but he will. <laughs> Hmm. So. Okay. Okay. 
for your writers who have not experienced Pilates yet, just haven't had someone they trust talk about it in a positive way because some are intimidated, like your partner, perhaps. What can you say to those types of horse riders to encourage them to try even just the mat work? What I try to convey to my students is that in order to be successful with your horse, you have to have an independent seat and you have to have body awareness and the ability to move independently from the waist up and from the waist down and to be aware of where we're holding negative tension in our body, where we're holding positive tension, where we need to become more elastic, where we need to release. And the competitive aspect of riding is always very motivating for people. So if you know that you're going to be more successful competitively, or even if you're just going to be more successful for your own joy, enjoyment, your own awareness of your body is critical. We influence the horse with our balance, with our weight, with our pressure. And I really try to convey that to my students that our own awareness is critical for riding. And if you don't have an independent seat, if you don't have the good balance, you're, you're going to be having a more trying time with the ride. And riders of all levels can benefit from Pilates. And even the most simple exercises can wildly benefit most riders. So I, I often tell them, you know, the work we do here at the barn, the work we do here in the saddle, it's great, but we also have to work on ourselves outside of the barn. Do you ever have them walk and try to replicate the horse so they get a sense of what that feels like? Because you're talking about the seat. I know you're not just talking about the bottom. Like Romana used to say, out of the feet into the seat. You're talking about the whole pelvic area, correct? Correct. Correct. But the feet aren't really dealt with. And you have these long leather, strong, sexy boots. Mm-hmm. But what about the, they are, what about the feet though? Well, our feet take a little bit of a beating. I, I in particular, am very picky about my stirrups because if you ride so many horses a day, you start your feet do feel what you're doing. In dressage, we ride with a much longer leg and less weight in the stirrup. So we do ride with a straighter thigh and our ear, shoulder, elbow, hip, heel ideally is lined up and the, there's less weight in the stirrup. So we have our heels down, but we're not putting a ton of pressure there. But the active posting, getting on and off, having our feet in the stirrups, we, we do need to have more awareness in our feet. Uh, in English riding, hunter jumpers or saddle seat or other disciplines, there's going to be a lot more weight down in the stirrup. Their ankles are hyperflexed. They, they put a lot of their weight down into the, their ankles and feet. So they're taking more torque down there than we do in dressage. Does that change the pressure or the feeling in the pelvis? It does, absolutely. So not having as much weight in the stirrups for dressage means our pelvis is deeper in the saddle. And if we are pressing down a lot on the stirrups, say in jumpers or hunters or saddle seat, then we're able to get ourselves out of the saddle much quicker and balance ourselves more in a lighter seat. Because if you're pressing down, I can imagine you're not going to have that freedom of a lap dancer. 
correct. <laughs> that would be correct. Yes. But you still have to have delicate hands. Yes. And can you describe yes. what, is that, what does that actually mean? So in addition to having an independent correct seat, I think the second most challenging, challenging thing to learn in riding is contact or connection. And that's not, not necessarily the connection of the seat, but the connection of the reins to the rider's hands. So in teaching, I always tell the riders to have their elbows heavier and their wrists lighter and more flexible so that that, and that allows the rider's neck and shoulder to be relaxed and for the weight of the arm to be in the elbow, which is a stabilizing position and allows the wrist and fingers and everything to be relaxed. The contact itself is going to vary from horse to horse and the horse's ability and training level. In classical dressage, we prefer a very light connection, maybe just the weight of the reins in our hands. At times, there will be more, but we, we are going for what is called self-carriage, and that means that the horse is truly carrying himself. We can limit the frame by the length of our reins, but it's really coming from the length of the horse's back going forward. And then when the horse is in perfect balance or perfect self-carriage, then we, we aren't really doing anything with the reins, maybe adding a little flexion depending on what direction we're going in, but there's not a lot of contact. That's the goal. Have you had students who have wrist issues? Luckily, no. I am very lucky that I have not. I, I have had, actually, I take that back. I had a couple students who broke their wrists, but they were still, they were very able to manage. It was never a big deal. Broken fingers, broken wrists, but you'd be surprised how determined these people are to get up and ride. And they made it happen and healed pretty okay. What I've dealt with more people with lower back problems, knee problems, ankle problems, that's been a bit more challenging. Neck problems. Because of the compression that is the forces yes. on the joints, the lift of the spine in terms of the royalty, do you encourage your students to carry that in their life? I do. And I try to tell them to do it when they're driving as well, because oftentimes they're driving from the city or from north of us. So they're spending an hour plus in the car and I try to tell them, you know, keep your neck released, shoulders released, head at the back of the seat rest, you know, live in good posture, sleep in good posture, ride in good posture. Just try to, to keep that, that with everything we do. They sound like perfect Pilates students. They are. <laughs> Lyric dressage, what is its main purpose and what do you see for its future? Lyric dressage is... My business, and now it includes my business partner, Andre, Andre Gantz. And our goal is to continue to create and develop happy, healthy equine athletes. And in, with that are happy and healthy and capable riders and owners who are excited to ride. They have a safe and enjoyable ride. We love the, the sport of our of dressage. We love the training, the journey that we do on a daily basis. And we also really appreciate the art that we're conveying. There's an aspect of beauty and grace and the connection that you have with an animal 
when you've trained them in such a way, it's really special. It's almost magical. And I love that. I love watching you. And if people listening would like to watch you in action, especially that one clip that you sent me recently, it's stunning. How would they go about finding you online? We have a website. It's lyricdressage.com. And we have a Facebook page, Lyric Dressage, that also has, uh, we're, we're better at keeping up the Facebook page than we are the website. Uh, so we put clips and photos on there uh, periodically. And the clip that you sent me recently from 2019, is that mm-hmm. on there? It is. It is. And that's from one of my favorite horse shows. It's a big competition down in Southern California. It's at the Del Mar Fairgrounds slash racetrack. And that was the Del Mar National Horse Show. So how did you do? I won. So oh, that was, well, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> that horse show is pretty special to me. I, I love the venue. You're right near the water. So it's the weather's great. When you compete outside, the weather's a big deal. And the Saturday evening performance, which is open to the public and everyone can come and watch. It's a catered affair. There's an open freestyle class. And the freestyle, we have a set of requirements that we have to fulfill, but we also get to be creative in how we do that. We get to choose our own music. We get to choreograph it the way we want and we get to present it the way we want. So I had a very cool horse that Zorba the Greek fit him perfectly. And um, the music just, it just worked. And we were a crowd favorite. We ended up winning the class. Doing a competition like that with the music under the lights at night with everyone, it was, it was a blast. I encourage everyone to go to, tell me your website again. Lyricdressage.com. And is it, uh, it would be under San Diego, the, the Del Mar? It'll be in uh, one of the media links. Yeah. All right. It'll also be on YouTube. She's fabulous, everybody. Allison Maffey, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Darian. Thank you for having me. For those of you who are students of Pilates and horse riding, we'd love to hear from you. Just go to the All Things Pilates with Darian Gold Facebook page and share how Pilates has helped your horse riding. All Things Pilates is produced and hosted by me, Darian Gold. Podcast production is provided by Audio Ephemera. I'm Andy, the audio engineer for All Things Pilates, and I'm also a student of Darian's. My Pilates practice has strengthened my core and, more importantly, given me a new awareness of my body and its abilities. Darian doesn't hold back, but it's fun, and I always leave my sessions feeling energized. And I'm not the only one. Darian's Pilates knowledge, experience, personality, cueing and expert eye are second to none. Every session is a complete delight and I learn so much every time. Darian's teaching involves the whole body and the whole mind and is an experience I would never want to miss. I am much more in tune with my body, much more aware of how I use it and much more appreciative of what it does for me. I feel energised, focused and very happy. Visit DarianGold.com to view her online class schedule. Also, try one of her apps, available on the App Store or Google Play. And to keep up with Darian and all her new interviews, subscribe to this podcast. Until next time, lift your spine.